And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here from Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. And hello, Miss E. Hello. You brought dessert with you this evening. I did. My weather app just went... By the way, we're not going to get any rain. It's going to go just to the south of us, continuing our rainless streak. We have a thunderstorm as we're uh, recording our podcast, but it's not going to hit us, unfortunately. No, I think my weather app said we have a 30% chance of rain, so that's not a lot at all. Nope. Um, Yes, I took a picture. I made these earlier. I found the recipe. Um, Somebody actually shared it on Facebook. And so I copied it into a Word document and mailed it off to myself so I could print it at home. And it's apple pie enchiladas. I used my apples that I canned mm-hmm. after we came home from the orchard and we had all those cans. I made apple pie slices. And they are tortillas that are rolled up with the apple slices. And then you make a syrup and you pour it on and let it sit in the syrup for 45 minutes before you bake them. So it's supposed to like absorb the taco was supposed to the tortilla is supposed to absorb it, but it didn't say what size dish to make it in. So these were more like sitting in it versus covered by. So I'm hoping they turned out okay. They they look good, and the uh, kid four ate hit the whole entire one. He liked it. He said it tastes like an apple pie. Oh yeah. So yeah. All right. Well, do you want to do you want to cut that? And I can't. You'll have to feed me because of Aww. how everything is located here. I isn't, know. Isn't that cute? Well, I'll cut off a. <laughs> He's cutting into the tortillas right now. You can see the apple pie feeling kind of gushing out there. Oh, yeah, go around the microphone. Here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Ooh, I got the first bite. Yeah, you get the first bite. All right. That way somebody's talking, not you no know, chewing on the microphone. Hmm. It's good. Is it good? It is good. I mean, it's not get... apple pie. I mean, no, obviously. But. You get mostly apple pie filling, which is mostly apple pie anyway. And you get a little bit of breading just to kind of cut the sweet. Yeah, I think it works. I mean, it's, and it's super, like, it took like five minutes to make, too. Right. I mean, it b- baked for 30 minutes, but as far as making an apple pie, having to roll out the dough and get all the other stuff done, yeah. This, yeah, that's a, a poor man's apple pie. It's totally poor man's apple pie. It's like, uh, it's like the... Uh, Hispanic version of the Ritz apple pie. Only this actually has apples in it. Have you ever heard of the Ritz apple pie? It's a mock apple pie you make no. with Ritz crackers. Weird. And it's just layers of Ritz crackers and other... It was like one of those 70s things. Okay. But it was like layers of Ritz crackers and a couple of other ingredients and like sugar and probably lemon juice or something. But it supposedly tastes like apple pie when it was all finished when you baked it. It was, But it was just... There was no apples in it. It was mock apple pie made out oh, of Ritz strange. crackers. Yeah, it's one of those. Like I said, it's one of those weird '70s desserts. I remember having it. I just don't remember. We should uh, eating we, it. That should be our, or remember our, it. Should remember the eating it. We should start making '70s dishes and just seeing how bad they were. And we had fondue. We liked the fondue. The fondue was good. We actually had um, '70s food at one of our parties once when we lived in Northern yes. Virginia. But we never had the fake apple pie. <clears throat> no, we didn't have that. We did have like rosy perfection salad, which was like one of those gelatin mold things, and a couple of uh, um, fondues and a couple other weird things that I found on the interwebs and in old, very old cookbooks. 
Now, in addition to the uh, uh, apple pie enchiladas, uh, Missy is also trying to make me 400 pounds by making these incredibly delicious Belgian waffles today. But these are not what you think of when you think of Belgian waffles, which probably when you think of Belgian waffles, you just think of like, you know, bigger non-ego waffles, right? Yeah, like, like the, the, the big fluffy the, deep well right. waffles. But the American waffles and, and, and I guess those as well, some of those anyway made here, it's just basically a pancake batter with extra fat added to it, whether it's butter, lard, or in some cases, vegetable oil. Um, but this, the Liege, L-I-E-G-E, and I got the recipe at foodandwine.com. So just Google it and that's what you'll find, is a yeast dough-based dough, um, batter. So it's, it's you know, sugar, water, let the yeast go, add it to flour, add in some eggs, and a lot of butter. It's like a brioche rich eggy dough but um you let it rise for a while and then you mix in what they had what they called were belgian pearl sugar like little hard balls of sugar that don't dissolve they they keep their form kind of like the salt on a pretzel Mm -hmm. but it's little balls of sugar um i got mine from ikea so those were i guess swedish (laughs) pearl sugars but they sell them at Amazon, but you definitely want to get them because it really adds to the it really does waffle yeah, it just, flavor. It just gives like a little burst of sweetness here and there. But the whole and other also thing like is a little bit of crunch to it. You got the crunch, and then so much butter makes the the waffle almost fry in the wells. Mm. And then it's all yeasty, and yeah. it's so different. Right, I mean, it's, like it's a waffle. It, we didn't eat it with syrup. We put jam on it so you put some of the pear jam and peach jam that you had made yeah that's how i I scarfed three down rapid succession just with jam not even butter because i figured these already had a lot of butter in them um and and when you ate it like that it was almost like a fruit filled donut yeah the 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 yeasty dough because of the sugar and the yeast of the component of the donut of the waffle it almost reminds you of a yeast risen donut a little more dense, mm-hmm. um, obviously, because of the, the compressed shape. But totally putting that recipe in the wheelhouse um, for us because I really, oh, really, yeah. really Those like are delicious. Them. So, okay, I just realized one problem with starting the podcast and then having a taste of that delicious dessert. What? I want to finish the rest of the delicious dessert. So why don't we take a break and then we'll come back. All right. So we're going to pause for uh, station identification. And we'll be back after we eat our uh, apple pie enchiladas. You're listening to 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. <laughs> and we're back. Okay. Boy, that, was, <laughs> that was a delicious break. Now we have to, uh, I was going to say, hurry up and finish before we fall into a carb coma, but that, that won't really work. No, it we, won't. It'll be fine. We just started. Let's just keep going. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned, you know, thinking, hoping, but we're not getting any rain here. It is just so dry. I'm amazed that the tomatoes are still going. I know. The cherry tomatoes are still popping out, and there are still flowers on some of the plants. Yeah, which is nuts. Uh, and we, we forgot to water really today. <laughs> we have forgotten to water for weeks, you know. I'm not even sure if it's forgetting at this point. I think it's just kind of like... Okay, we can be done with the tomatoes because it's the cherries that are still going. Yeah, the the paste for the most part they're pretty much finished. Yeah, yeah. I might have a couple of green tomatoes to make into fried green tomatoes, but uh, now there's not too many to paste tomatoes left. But we did get a book 
that uh, has a different recipe for tomato wine. And so, it does not include raisins. And apparently this person says it tastes like a cheap Chardonnay. So hey, never somebody like somebody said never uh, underestimate somebody's ability to make uh, uh, ethanol, ethanol or- alcohol. Or, <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, we will go a long way. And people thought, you know, Johnny Appleseed was planting apple trees to be altruistic. No, no it was about the hard cider. It was cider. all about the hard cider, yeah. guys. Sorry. Right. <laughs> so we could... Do that with the uh, cherry tomatoes that are still coming in, I suppose. Yeah, it should be interesting. I went Maybe ahead about and... about four pounds. I think we've probably got that. I think we have that. And there's still more coming. Yeah. So we can always... We're, we, we can hold out. I ordered a, uh, a beginning... Like a starter fruit wine making kit from the Midwest Supply Company, which is where I got my very first how to make beer kit. Oh, okay. And I... They... Everything is there. The the yeast, the tannin, the directions, the bag, the bucket, the airlock. As soon as it comes, all I gotta do is Oh, it hasn't it hasn't arrived yet. It hasn't arrived yet. Okay. Uh, as soon as the kit shows up though, it's every, there's enough product as far as the tannin and the yeast and stuff to make fifty bottles of wine. Fifty? Up to fifty bottles. Wow. So and like, you know, think about one batch is gonna probably make four because we make a gallon at a time. Okay. So but yeah, it should be interesting. They're, uh, reading through her book was pretty interesting. Uh, I, I was really surprised at how many weird fruits and vegetables she's turned into wine. <laughs> and even she's surprised about it, how some of them have turned out that she was like, yeah, this was a joke. Like she made potato wine and mint wine, and then she only had enough of each to, so she poured them together oh. at one point. And it tasted horrible at first, but then she put it up and totally forgot about it and gave it to somebody as a joke and a year later they cracked it open and she said it was pretty good wine and she's you know she's not a wine snob right the woman makes fruit wine for sure. crying out loud and the book was published i think in 1996 okay um but yeah lots of interesting recipes for all different types of fruit wines and tomato is one of them so yeah i figured why not this does not have raisins it's just yeah. tomatoes, just tomatoes, sugars, tannin, the yeast, and thyme. I, I, I'm, I'm curious to try it. We, we well, you're going to be the one who can try it because exactly. I can't drink. Well, for now. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to, to, to doing that. Um, but it's been, a, you know, it's been a pretty quiet week. Um, not a whole lot going on around the, uh, the, the place, unfortunately. But uh, I guess the, the one thing that we've been dealing with uh, inside the house this week is the uh, other morning I get a text from Missy saying that the uh, dishwasher has finally given up the ghost and there's a, a big flood in our kitchen. Yeah. Uh, and so we spent our Saturday in a, a fruitless search for a dishwasher. We uh, drove over to uh, Richmond, Virginia, and there's a Sears outlet there that's kind of like tucked away in the middle of the city. Uh, and they and have everything. They have everything. You walk in and it's like this, it's like the, the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Ark warehouse, but for appliances and furniture. It's yeah. crazy. Refrigerators up the gazor And like all the way up to $5,000 Gen Air huge but refrigerators. Yeah. Like it's originally 11000 if you bought the list price, but it's four. But it's one of those things that you could probably hide like 
six <laughs> dead football players in easily. It's a ginormous refrigerator. Right. You'd probably have to get your floor specially built underneath oh, to sure. hold the weight of yeah, this refrigerator. Some of that, I mean, some of this stuff is just it's ridiculous. But, but they have very high end to Frigidaire, Whirlpool, can uh, KitchenAid, Gen Air, mm-hmm. Bosch. They have everything. Yeah. Except for the uh, Except dishwasher for the that dishwasher you picked out online. The one I, have that. Yeah, they did but, the uh, one that I wanted online was actually broken. Yeah. So that, that kind of sucks. So it was a uh, a fruitless drive uh, over to Richmond, but uh, you know that's all right. Sometimes you, you got to go out of your way to. Well, we got to stop in Wegmans, and that's for. one of our favorite places to stop and get silly things. That or, is true. Or, or yummy things. Yes. Um. Yeah, so other than that, I mean, it's been a fairly quiet week. You're getting ready to go out on a trip out west to visit our oldest son, and, and you'll then, be gone for a, a few days, so the next podcast might be me flying solo. And after having to put supply food to the children left here, we'll see what happens. Who, me? Yes. You mean? You mean, yeah, after a couple of days, you might be, like, on your podcast, really complaining about starving or having scurvy. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I won't be long, be long okay. enough for scurvy. I think they'll be okay with the scurvy. Yeah. Now we got it all planned out. We do pizza one night, actually two nights. Yeah, because leftovers. Got, you know, fresh one night, leftovers the next. Um, I, I actually I've been inspired by how much cooking you've been doing lately, and really how awesome uh, everything has been. And Thanks. you know, I know when you first got diagnosed with cancer, one of the things that you were really worried about was like. You can't cook, can you? Know, and I'm really worried about our children. Really, seriously worried about our children getting scurvy or rickets or you know some sort of yes. horrible malnutrition disease. That's, that's why we got that uh, subscription box thing for a little while. For so. a little while, and you and I had you know you gave me some cooking lessons. So I, I think one night while you're gone, uh, I'm going to cook. Good. I may involve the children uh, in the cooking process. Good for you. I'm uh, horrible at that. I'm I'm bad. I need to get them in the kitchen so that they learn how to cook so that they can feed themselves when they leave. But I have, I've always been the mom who never liked cooking with her children. I'm yeah. going to just say that now. I never liked it. <laughs> Not one iota with the five of them. Didn't, I don't have patience. I never have a big enough kitchen to work in. I think that's that kind the of biggest space. part of it is that. Yeah, we were just kitchen. talking about what I can have managed to do in the crappy, as the crappy kitchens that we have had in the houses that we've lived in. Yeah, because it's and it is interesting because like you do love to cook, and that's the one thing that you've never had is a great big kitchen, right? <laughs> you know, when we lived in Oklahoma City, our I mean, the first kitchen was like a galley kitchen. Yeah, uh, and it was you know in a, in a upstairs fallen down house duplex, and there was like. Yeah, that was nothing to speak of. Hey, but it was only two seventy five a month. I know, that I was know, cheap. right? And then the first house that we lived in had a serviceable kitchen. That was actually probably the biggest kitchen that we had because it was kind of open. We had a kitchen table in, in the actual kitchen, but yeah, you actually but had again, it was space. You had no counter space. No, again, it was another small little L because um, there was a you forget there was a door that you there was a, two whole walls that you couldn't have anything on, mm. but it was it had a little opening to the living room so it felt like it was a little bit bigger but again it was hardly any cabinets it's so funny i mean i i shouldn't complain i mean my very first apartment i can count i think i had two uppers and two lowers and then the one underneath the sink like that was my kitchen i had the tiny cabinet space that was counter space is probably maybe two feet long and that was it 
before the stove. Right. Like the fridge was on one end, the counter, stove. There, there was the tiniest kitchen on the face of the planet, but we still managed to, you know, cook in it. Yeah, I actually but, had I had this thought the other day actually when we were after we were talking about our small kitchens that we've had. Mm. Um, and you know, you and I have had that conversation before about how like you really don't have anything on your bucket list. Would so I always am trying to come up with things to put on your bucket list. <laughs> So you can cross them off your bucket list. <laughs> You're funny. Okay. <laughs> Would you ever want to... Because, you know, we have a friend who owns a restaurant. So that's what made me think about this. Would you ever want to, like, run a kitchen one night and cook for... Like, if we were to invite, you know, all friends and family and have, like, 100 people, would you ever want to cook for, like, 100 people? Uh, no. No? I, no, I don't think so. Okay. Probably not. Well, sorry, audience. I, I tried. like small dinner parties <laughs> and, and parties with, you know, finger foods and stuff like that. But no, not that. I wouldn't want to do that. That's too much pressure. It's too much, like, sweating and work and not enough, like, fun. Okay. You know? Yeah, sure. Okay. That's why I never got into cooking to begin with. I mean, I went off to cooking school. Right. But realized as a parent, you can't really, you know, then I had, a, you know, my daughter and it was just like well it's kind of hard to be a mom especially in a female chef there's a moth no that's a stink bug oh even better virginia state bird yeah i've caught a few of these little stink bugs in my office slash cabin slash studio so yeah so instead so instead of restaurants i ended up in the uh in the uh in the english world and went off to college instead so would you ever want to teach an English class of like a hundred of your? <laughs> I actually thought about it after all. The, after the youngest graduate, um, going and getting my certification and maybe be, being a teacher, teacher again. Yeah, yeah. I thought about it, and then I visited my friends and how much they complain about teaching, and I'm like, do I really want to get into teaching now? Maybe, maybe wait a little longer. But it'll be a couple more years. They're both just freshmen. Right. I know. I thought about uh, signing up to be a substitute, but uh, I, you know, my now bearing arms keeps me pretty busy. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I think it'd be a good teacher, actually. I think it'd be it'd be interesting. We should talk more about that when the kids get a little older. It'd be fun if if it wasn't to go back for English per se. It'd be good to go back for, you know, business sciences or something like that. I could teach the crap out of Microsoft Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and all those other pro- those products. We should probably get rid of that when we take a break. All next. right. Uh, stand by here. We're going to pause for station identification and uh, bug killing here on 40 Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. Stop moving. I, I paused for bug killing and Missy didn't even kill the bug. Scoop it up and sit it on its stink buggy way. Yeah, now my hand smells like cilantro. I think I don't think they stink. Like people, they call them stink bugs. So to right. me, they just smell like cilantro. But then again, people are cilantro. Cilantro. But, cilantro. Um, but there are people who think cilantro tastes nasty and smells horrible. Like soap, right? So yeah, so I like cilantro. So, so there are um, some people who have actually it, it's changed on them. Like they used to like it, and then one day it started tasting like soap. Weird. I know. That's a shame. I like cilantro. I'm one of the. I'm, I would love to hear from uh, <laughs> the soap. No, the soap eaten cilantro. Yeah, yeah. From the for those of you, you know, who, who cilantro tastes like soap. I want to hear from you. What was the first time like you realized? Oh my god, cilantro <laughs> tastes like soap. And uh, and how does it feel to be so wrong? I don't know because uh, I like. Um, it's one of my favorite things I've had. 
Oh, uh, cilantro lime shrimp. Like it's a ceviche. Right. Oh, so yummy. Yeah, that would be like soap, lime, shrimp. Soap and shrimp. <laughs> Could you imagine what soapy shrimp would taste like? Because we just had shrimp for dinner. Today. I know. 40acrefool at gmail.com is the email address if you would like to uh, share your cilantro-based stories with us. Or anything else, by the way. We do yeah. love hearing from uh, you know everybody and anybody, uh, folks who've you know decided that they're going to uh, be homesteaders or... Uh, you know, even working on their urban homestead. Heard from our friend Mark in Louisiana a couple days ago, and uh, he's got his garden going, so still still going. Well, still, yeah, he's south, so it's probably yeah. going to be a little bit warmer for him for a while. I mean, we're, like I said, we've still got tomatoes, and if we bothered to check on those poor, neglected pepper plants... I checked a couple days ago, and I picked probably six or seven. Yeah, even the, and they haven't had water in for I don't even know when either. Whenever it rained last... This is the last time they got anything to drink. Yeah. So those peppers are still sporting. So I can't, they're going to be concentrated. Mm-hmm. So are the tomatoes. The cherry tomatoes are probably are a little bit more intensely cherry tomato flavored. Do you think we'll have time to bottle the hot sauce before you leave? Or also, in light of the fact that we don't have a dishwasher right now, is that something that should wait until you get back? Well... Yeah, probably because it would be nice to be able to sanitize the jars of the dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. We are going to have new hot sauce at some point. It'll be this year sometime. Sometime. It'll be this year sometime. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few months left in the year. <laughs> It'll be extra fermented hot pepper sauce. Okay, so um, we were talking a little bit ago, and I had made a pair of baby booties for somebody on instagram mm-hmm. and uh it was cute because he was looking for my shop and i was like well what color and he said whatever and i made whatever and i made black and white and white and black so they matched but they didn't match okay. anyway they fit her feet i got a little video of a little baby girl kicking her feet we we're talking about yeah, this yeah. so i apparently inadvertently married the wrong people <laughs> on instagram and i'm i'm gonna uh, podcast apology this i already like apologize on instagram i felt like a big idiot and and he they were both. All of them were really super nice about it because the, the the two people that I thought were married have are neighbors. Okay. And Molly Pitcher did not have a baby. The the Molly Pitcher pottery person. She is not the person who had the baby. Okay. She's a neighbor and friend and the guy uh, Kevin that I follow, the trucker guy. He and his wife had the baby. I thought her person. I heard. I thought his wife's account was the the Molly Pitcher's <laughs> like personal account. I told you two accounts going on, and he they were super nice. He's like we're really close friends um she's our friend down the road um we are close and he says my wife isn't much on social media but molly pitcher and i they and i are quite often on the same location or on the same topic and everybody laughs hilariously so i feel bad about i felt pretty good about that so um i'm, I'm sorry i mismarried people and and uh, miss you know babied people too so uh, but uh, at least everybody got a big giggle out of it that is funny and, but you know and the important thing is like both couples actually listen. Yeah, they and, they right. yeah they know so. who we are. They got a, they got a chuckle out of it, and 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 you know Jolene still loved her little booties. So that's all that matters. Oh, good. So. By the way, you've been uh, knitting up a storm, crocheting got, actually. Okay, yes, pardon me. <laughs> crocheting up a storm uh, lately with all these incredibly cute little animals. Well, because. Uh, Every single time I put a goat on the Etsy store, somebody buys it. So I'm like, goat, goat, gone, goat, gone, goat, gone. <laughs> and then um, 
your sister asked me if I'd ever thought about making a cow mm-hmm. or a horse, a, whore, right. a unicorn specifically, because uh-huh. I made a horse and she bought the horse, and okay. then I made a goat and she bought a horse goat. So I'm just like I could just keep buying things, selling, making things that <laughs> your sister buys. Um, but if her friend was interested in the cow, so. Uh, I made a prototype of one of our goats, Miss Freckles, way less polka dots because it's really hard to crochet in the round and incorporate polka dots. But uh, she was gone in like two days after being on the Etsy store. And then I started on the prototype. So I made a cow with little horns and I put a little tail on it and it turned out really cute. And then somebody texted me it's a friend of ours we were friends in oklahoma city mm-hmm. and amy says uh oh my gosh i saw your little goat and she sent me three pictures of her sister-in-law's dog do you think you can make this dog <laughs> and so my next prototype was the dog and so i finished the dog's name is moxie so i finished moxie and i, and she, I sent her a picture and she's just over she just loved it and then, so the next thing I started, uh, next up on my needles, is a unicorn. So I'm going to see about that. I'm going to make white body, and then I'm probably going to do the mane and tail and, like, the feet in, like, pastel colors. Make them really, like, you know, really right. kind of fantastic, because it's a unicorn. And so. is that a commission, or are you just you just doing that, and you're going to put it up on the Etsy store? The unicorn was just his sister's idea, so I'm just going to make one and see if anybody's interested and sell it. And then if that becomes a pass, I'm going to... Uh, keep track of how I make them. <laughs> okay. Because that's the other thing I've been trying to do because everybody's head's slightly different. Mm-hmm. And uh, feet, everything else, it's just colors. Or, you know, They're basically the same body. Right. And we have nostrils. I'm not going for realism. It's like a little cartoon character in crochet. Sure. Um, so I've just been having fun with coloration and stuff. But I can't get too realistic and I'm trying. But it's fun. I'm just, I'm having a good time. I just... Making them, writing down the directions, keeping track of how I do it so I can replicate it. So mm-hmm. that so that's why they're prototypes right now. So I've got I got a goat, I've done a horse, a cow, mm-hmm. and now the dog, and tomorrow a unicorn. a unicorn. So you need to try to do a pig. Yeah, probably like a big pink or a black pig. Probably a pink one because most people. It's going to be the head. Even though a lot of. Pigs are black. Most or people, brown, right? or red and white, or people polka dot. have that stereotypical pink pig, you know, right? Yeah. Or asabao with the polka dots. Yeah. You can do that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, make a pink pig. Because it's all the head. Like, I'm making the right. bodies. Like I said, the bodies are all the well, same. Well, the pig body might have to have a little differently. It might have to be plumper. It might just be a little more round. Like, I yeah. won't have the decreases, so I'll make it more apple versus, like, a pear. Right. But yeah, it's just been fun just creating. They're really cute. I mean, I'm sitting on my desk. I have all these happy little critters staring at me. So it's you know, it's not it's not an unhappy place to work. No, you're like uh, Snow White. (laughs) Come here, little little creatures. creatures. (laughs) I guess you need to do a rabbit too at some point. I right. guess. I don't know. I was just doing goats because, you know, goats. Corny Goat Farm. Right. And we have goats, and I was trying to do our goats. Yeah. So I guess I need to do uh, a version of Shark Boy, but I guess a goat with horns because he's the guy with horns. Yeah. I checked on uh, Shark Boy and Casper the other day. They are still at the Virginia Tasting Cellar in Farmville, Virginia. Uh, if you would like to, you know, stop off and get a glass of. They've been doing a good job of killing uh, all those weeds. Nice wine. Oh, they've they've literally eaten almost the entire riverbank down to nothing. So wow. I actually have to go to Tractor Supply this week and pick up a bale of Timothy grass. <laughs> 
to give them because the Virginia Tasty Seller is not ready to give up the goats. They're like, no, we love the goats, <laughs> but they need more to eat. Yes. So, All right. Um, yeah, so they want to keep them for now. I figure we'll let them stay there in Farmville until... Uh, Probably you know probably November when it yeah. gets when it gets cold after we get the first freeze and we can bring them back home for the winter. Yeah, we'd be better off with everybody else cuddled up in a couple of igloos right. rather than just the two of them trying to keep warm in the winter. Yeah, and nobody's eating outside at the Virginia Tasting Cellar in December no. and January anyway. No, so so and they're not going to be you know on when it's really crappy they're just going to be hanging out inside their little igloo. Right. So maybe we could uh, do something around Christmas if we can like you know crochet them. Little Santa Claus hats that we can slip on their heads. We could bring some of the little goats down, and they could do like a little Christmas petting zoo or something like that one afternoon. Not with those two because they're wild. We'd have to actually just bring probably freckles and toffee, and toffee from here because yeah. they're actually nice and they like people's attention. That's true. And they might actually put up with me putting a, a hat on hat their on head. Them. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody sent me a picture of a goat that was wearing a unicorn hat and i was like okay that's just hilarious now i gotta make one of those for my goats and so apparently yeah it's a thing <laughs> i love all the uh, the goat videos that people send me on on twitter as well uh, at cam edwards if you would like to send me a goat video somebody sent me a video the other day and it was a great pyrenees dog and it was just laying there and the goats, the little baby goats, the are baby just climbing goats. on it and jumping off of it. And, and jumping over it. Right. Yeah, and, sort of like, totally like parkouring off the yeah, poor dog. and the dog is not moving at all. It is just the, like, whatever. And those, that would so not be either of our big dogs. That certainly wouldn't be Zelda. She would be chasing oh, yeah. that thing all over the yard. Speaking of baby goats, so did you post the picture of the, the video of our baby goat I, I did. fighting the chicken? Yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, Darla's got some boot, you know. I need to post this on on the Cordy Goat Farm Facebook page too. But uh, yeah, I did post this on on Twitter. So I I go out last night uh, to feed the goats and the cats, and ultimately I ended up feeding the chickens. But whatever. Um, and Darla, the little baby goat, is just so full of beans that she is just hopping, bouncing all around the yard. And the other goats are kind of, you know, pushing their with their faces like, get out of here, get out of here. And she ends up like bouncing into a chicken almost. And the Ida, the chicken, you know, turns around like, wah, 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 and gets all big. And Darla just rears up on her back legs. Like she's, she's like, going like to headbutt the chicken. And then she goes down and there's like this little standoff. And a couple of different times, Ida like would go after uh, Darla and the Darla back up and Darla, and Darla rear up and Darla to... you know, step back up. and eventually Darla was the one that walked away. Okay, well. Ida won that, <laughs> that encounter, but there was it was more bluster. <laughs> yeah, back on, and forth. I don't know, but I, I don't think I'd want to mess with Ida. She's got claws. She does have claws. Why? Well, when I posted this on Twitter, I said uh, chicken versus baby goat. Choose your fighter, and you know it's a pretty dumb question. I think because everybody said chicken. Mm, you yeah. Know? Uh, Especially is, adult chicken, because Ida's a couple years old now. Right, yeah. And, and that's not even the rooster. We had a rooster that went after one of Julie Gunlock's kids. Oh, geez, Ned. He ended up in freezer <laughs> camp. Yeah, Ned Flanders. <laughs> and he yeah. did end up in freezer camp. And, man, he was the he was the one bird that we've had 
They just did not like kids. Oh, yeah, he was evil. He was fine with the adults in the yard, but it was something with if you were a, a certain height, you had to be short. He just went right after kids. I think he just considered them small enough to be, you know, mm-hmm. a coyote or something that was, you know, a bad thing. Like, he was trying to keep the bad guys out of right. the yard. He was attacking the children. It wasn't, I mean, we'd had him ever since he was a baby. So it wasn't like he was abused by small children right. and then we got him and all of a sudden he became this evil rooster with, you know, a vendetta against kids. <laughs> we, we bought him. That was our very first box of chickens that I ever got mm-hmm. was the Buff Orpingtons and he's one of the five roosters that was in that box. Yep. And so, yeah, it's the craziest thing. I have no idea why he hated children so much, but he was attacking everyone's, including poor Julie Gunlock's son, our kids. And then it was just like, oh no, you don't. And then I, then he went to freezer camp. Yeah, I think I think Mr. Crow, the rooster that we have now, is probably the best rooster that we've had. He's super chill. He's afraid of people, and he's really good with his girls. Yeah. And he's beautiful. And he's huge. He's massive. He's a massive, like, Americana. How old is he now? Three? I don't remember. He's one of the ones that I got from Dirty Knees Farm a couple years ago, whenever that happened. I think Because it was supposed to be a girl with uh, Ida. Yeah. I think he's... Because Ida and the Crows. Okay. So however long we've had Ida, we've had him. They were both pullets when we got him. Okay. So I, think, I think we're on three years for them now. It might be. I don't keep really good records of chickens because chickens come and go. Right. Um, Although our oldest, you did say, is six now. Chip had to turn six in October. She was actually hatched here in the very first batch of chickens that those buff Orpingtons hatched out. Mm-hmm. One of them was Chipetta. And, of course, she wasn't a buff Orpington. Her daddy was the one exotic free with purchase chicken that I got <laughs> whose name was Chip. Yep. And... um. She lays blue eggs when she lays eggs. She's molting now. But yeah, she'll she's six in October. Speaking of uh, eggs, I guess it is one update. So Cameron Gray, the chicken. Who is broody. Not, not our friend Ray, the broody chicken, laying, uh, sitting on a bunch of nothing eggs. A bunch of nothing eggs. They end up being all rotten, nasty nothing eggs. There wasn't an embryo in the batch. They probably were gross since she started sitting on them, and they never did come to fruition. And I think she actually sat there for a good, the good time, and then yeah. she was off. I saw her in the yard, just wandering around. I'm like, "Oh no, that's not somebody getting a snack. That's somebody who's who's done." Who's done. <laughs> and I went out, and sure enough, she was done. She was getting walking around, just hanging out with everybody else, and everything was abandoned. And I just started throwing all the eggs in the woods. And when they pop really loud when mm. they hit a tree, you know they're some gas rotten inside, and they're good, right? just rotten eggs. So it's good. it makes good for good fertilizer for that section yeah, of the yard. Right. But not one, not one single yeah. baby chicken. So. Well, that's disappointing, but uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, I guess that, it's one, to be. that one little one that made The one to, we got from Tractor Supply, one that, of the six that survived. Has had like this huge growth spurt. It was crazy. Yeah. I was out there counting chickens. I'm like, why am I counting nine chickens? And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're the baby. You're so much she's bigger. She's cheeping. She's still cheeping, but, but she's, she's huge. She's, she's real, almost full size. She's now, almost yeah. like chicken size. So you're like, 
So yeah, I was counting. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I should only have so many in here. And yeah, it was because I was counting her. So it is a her. Definitely a her. Oh, that's good. Yeah. the one that survived wasn't a rooster. I know, right? <laughs> that would have been like, no. Well, now that uh, the broody hen Cameron Gray is off of those eggs, that means that uh, it is soon time for me to do my least favorite farm chore, and that would be cleaning the chicken coop. Yeah. Blah. It's going to be extra gross because it's been so dry uh, that it's well, hopefully not Hopefully all the poop is just be. dust, I'm sure. Yeah, but you can't. I don't want to breathe in that Well, you, dust, that's why you we know? have the ventilator. That's why we have that the whole breathing respirator. system thing. Yeah, yeah, we bought it just for you to wear to clean out the chicken coop. Yeah. You have to remember to wear it. I do wear it. Okay. I'm not sure, you know, honestly, it's like it's a paint respirator. I'm not sure how good it performs against chicken dust, but... Well, yeah. If it's it going to be better than nothing. If it's right? going to keep out the fumes of paint, paint. it's going to mm. keep out the dust from a chicken coop. It's a very fine filter. Okay. All right. Okay. You're the one who bought it. I, I did. You're right. I'm thinking about trying to upgrade to a gas mask. but <laughs> It's not even that big of a chicken coop. You don't need a gas mask. Oh, fine. You're such a... You're, now you're being melodramatic. Fine. All right. Well, uh, we got a couple of emails to get to here. John writing in. Um, wondering if you get the uh, P.O. Box info. I'll email this to you as well, John. But uh, if you would like to send us whatever, Trotsky. Warn us ahead of time. your local Chinese restaurants. Yeah, do let us know that it's coming because I don't check the P.O. Box every day. But uh, the snail mail address is P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia. 23901-0817. You can address uh, stuff to Corny Goat Farm or to Cam, Edwards, and Miss E or whatever. And that should get there. Not whatever. Whatever probably wouldn't get there. No. Corny Goat Farm would get there. Yeah. And uh, Greg writing in says, I've been listening uh, to your Bearing Arms podcast. Why? I try not to talk about you know this is like that to me is like mixing the chocolate and the peanut butter which does go great together but oh it's fine um, you can chocolate peanut butter we stuff, do you know. you know each and every day Barry Arms Cam and Company which is your uh, latest source for all things Second Amendment you can find it on YouTube uh, just subscribe to Town Hall Media you can also find it as a podcast at Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher and Townhall.com podcast it's a lot it is. Uh, Greg uh, has been uh, binge-listening. Binge he says, Thank you for your tribute to all the people who helped out on 9-11. I also watched on television as the second plane hit the towers. I didn't know it on that day, but a week later I was down at Ground Zero. I was helping the Southern Baptist Men's Convention cook meals for the Red Cross and distributed them to as many people as was necessary. I spent an uh, entire week there, says Greg, and I have strong memories of that time. Thank you again for promoting all of the people that helped and how we moved from pre-11 to post-9-11 and maybe a harder version that we have today, but... Uh, many of us grew up and stand a little bit taller because of those actions. Uh, Greg says, I still have a teddy bear llama that I'd be happy to bring up for you and Miss E. <laughs> and Greg does have some sad news. He said, unfortunately, I am sad to say that Mushu passed away this week. Oh, poor Mushu. Yeah. We met Mushu. He was in we Farmville. Did. I got to walk him down the street and get, people got their pictures taken with him. Mushu was very, was so very chill. sweet. I know. Well, I am so sorry to hear that, Greg. And oh, that's a shame. Our sympathies are with you. I know that, uh, you know, look, it's any, any time an animal that you are caring for, you know, 
passes away, it's a it's a sad deal. So I'm really really sorry to hear that, my friend. Uh, we do thank you for being a part of our life and a part of this program. You can. Again, uh, shoot us an email, 40acrefool at gmail.com. Snail mail, P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901. And when we come back, I guess it might just be me next next go around. Oh, you mean the next episode? Yeah. Because like, we're finishing now. Mm-hmm. When I come back after a break, nope. like, come back for the next. Come back for the next podcast. Next, tune in next time when Cam's Maybe I'll have a, a, a guest join us via telephone. Oh, there you go. We can do, do that. that. You try. You can do that with your snazzy. I can have you join us via telephone. I can try that. It depends on where I where. But where, yeah, you know, I'm you're going to be hanging out with you know the kids. The kids. kids and... I don't want to have to do that. No. I can always call in and be funny, but yeah, no. All right. Well, I want to plan it. All right. Well, until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and make stuff. And we'll see you here soon with more Forty Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.